This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuned in to the new TNN. You have any Kahlua? Take a look at this, sir. Hmm? Oh, I know that guy. He's a nihilist. Hello, am I in the dispatcher says there's something wrong with Dinah Carver? Yeah, come on in. I'm not really sure exactly what's really wrong with the cable. That's why they sent me. I am an expert. The TV's in here. Oh, that's my friend Sherry. She just came over to use a shower. The story is ludicrous. My name is Carly. She's been an expert. You must be here to fix the cable. Lord, you can imagine where it goes from here. He fixes the cable? Culture addicts, welcome to the new TNN podcast feed for the latest edition of Ringman covering the fallout from night two of WrestleMania 39. It's Johnny C with another reaction, shades of what we did for night one. So, uh, how was everybody's evening? Did y'all have a good time? Well, that's what we're here to discuss. Um, I was quite high. On night one, as I'm sure you all heard when you listened. Uh, but let's not waste anybody's time. You know, we we all we all lost a lot of time. Okay, now it was time well spent. But let's not pretend like it wasn't lost time. Anything that we wanted to do this weekend, all the goals, all the dreams that we had to accomplish this weekend, whether it was get groceries, do your laundry, attend your children's athletic endeavors. Hey, Endeavor, they've all fallen by the wayside, and now you have to get back to reality. So you're sitting in your little cubicle, like Neo, hoping that Morpheus will call to get you out of the Matrix. But no, your meaningful existence continues now that WrestleMania has concluded. So, night two, let's just get into it, alright? We start off with a stirring rendition of America the Beautiful by some guy who got ahead of the music. Some guy... I'm sorry. Kevin Hart introduces Night 2, and it was a little different, but I don't give a shit. Let's talk about what everybody's here for. The opener of Night 2, Brock Lester versus Omos, the Omo Sapien. Guys, what am I supposed to say about this match? Was it a spectacle? Sure. Were there two bear hugs in a sub five-minute match? Yes. Yes, there were. Did Omos do a pretty cool toss? I guess you could call it an O-toss to Brock Lesnar? Sure. Sure he did. And yes, I call him Brock Lesnar on purpose, because that's what it sounds like Paul Heyman used to call him. This is Brock Lesnar, if you will. Now, Brock Lesnar wins with an with one single F5. Omos does not have WrestleMania kickout power. It's been established. He's more at the Survivor Series kickout power level. 
The match was fine, I guess. It's hard to say that it added anything to the spectacle. But it's also hard to say that it subtracted anything from the spectacle. I guess I was hoping for a shit show. I didn't get it here. But I would get it much, much later. And in droves, I might add. Now, the women's showcase tag team encounter was next. But were we here to showcase again? Were we showcasing how long we would give each team to walk down the aisle before we started the entrance for the next team? Now, I know they did this in the men's match, but in the women's match, it stood out oh so much. Because it was sort of like, alright, we're done. Move on. Who's next? Now, I will say uh, this showcase showcased a few things to me. It showcased to me that Chelsea Green has the potential to be a great and entertaining character in the wars of sports entertainment. And I appreciate that. She's new. She's fresh. She's funny. Let's embrace it, shall we? Now, how, 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 how much legs does that have, though? Does a character like that have legs in a division where we're actually serious about who's on top? I don't know. I guess we'll just have to keep going forward. But given the right build-up, the right uh, staging, the right sketches, uh, she could be a contender for one of those off months. But will we have off months anymore? Will I have to pay for premium live event pay-per-view spectaculars in my future endeavors? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, Natalia, nice to see you. Do me a favor, though. Stop smiling. I get it. You're the veteran of the ring wars of WrestleMania, okay? I get that you're like the stalwart of the division. You're also the stalwart of the division that didn't accomplish anything in terms of um, storyline accomplishments of an entertainment-based championship nature. But for fuck's sake, stop smiling. You're smiling the whole time. Like, she could be in the cross-faced chicken wing for 12 minutes, and on minute 12, she'd still be smiling. Stop it! It showcased to me that Ronda Rousey is probably still injured. It showcased to me that this match was very, speaking of the Matrix, very glitchy. Okay? It, it unfortunately, um, the cohesion felt very much like a, dare I say, and yes, this is a shade throw, it felt like a Divas showcase tag match. Disconnected spots, missed maneuvers, uh, lots of uh, sort of like tiny steps and tiny steps and, and here's what I mean by that tiny steps is when you take a tiny step but this match had tiny steps because I was like oh the, the performers like let's take tiny steps now it's time for the spot it's like I'm gonna run at you and you're going to lift me into a powerbomb position but you're not quite ready for the powerbomb position lift so I'll take tiny steps and all it does is expose the business I did however enjoy the ending well, Shayna Baszler, did she really, like, fuck up her foot in the middle of the match or something? But I love that Ronda did nothing, came in, locked in the cross arm breaker, and it was a simple tap. I love because the story was that Shayna and Ronda didn't have to qualify, and I did watch a little bit of the pre-show, and kudos to Wade Barrett for saying, hey, if you disagree with Ronda Rousey getting to uh, automatically bid into the showcase match, uh, 
Here's all you have to do. Become a bigger star than Ronda Rousey, and then we can talk about it. And I love that this ending sort of came into the narrative of that. Like, she doesn't have to do anything because she's Ronda Rousey. Sure, it's but it's a great way to cover the injury if that's what they were doing. Everybody else is the workhorse, and she's the shit heel that doesn't so much slide in and steal a victory, but it's when she decides to actively engage in the match, she easily obtains the victory. Does it put everyone else on blast? Yes. Yes, it does. What happened next? Well, our favorite uh, indicted ex-president, it's his favorite wrestler. It's Bobby Lindsay. And ladies and gentlemen, all they came up for for a Bobby Lindsay was to walk out to the beginning of the entranceway and struggle to carry the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Trophy. Now look, I'm sure I would struggle to lift this thing too. It's probably not so much the weight, but it's the width. And Bobby Lindsay is a massive human uh, who could probably lift six of me and break me like I'm the Batman. Oh, yes, Johnny C., this is Bobby Lindsay. I will break you as easily as Bane broke the Batman. Uh, But for some reason, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to lift this trophy. You will endure to lift the trophy. Be free. What a lovely voice you have, guy who sang the national anthem. But I, I have nothing else to say. Bobby Lindsay must make his exit to enter the next match. And that's all Bobby did. He came out, he struggled to lift, and he left. Up next was the Intercontinental Championship Slugfest. Brought to you by Tax TurboTax. I do not use TurboTax. I am a nihilist. I believe nothing. I'm Gunther. And no, I, I, I tell you, I, not, Lebowski, where's, I don't even need the money, Lebowski, because I'm a nihilist. I believe nothing. It's a nice mo- couple of marmots you got there. Gunther. Gunther and his marmots. His marmots introduced him from the Imperium. Holy shit. You know what? Gunther, you know, might be the only nihilist in this match. But I believe that Drew McIntyre and Sheamus also believe nothing, Lebowski. Okay? Because holy shit. These three guys went out there and just legally beat the fuck out of each other. I mean, seriously, you're getting a couple of years if you assault someone like this in the real world. Unbelievable spectacle. An all-time WrestleMania match. And maybe, I mean, there wasn't, there was some, like, chest-related blood. I didn't see any poofy eyes that fucking close upon impact and, and blood. But does this finally outshine, like, the uncensored match between Fit Finley or the Belfast Brawler and, and, and Steven Regal from all those years back? I think it's the 1996 Uncensored, which features the Cage of Doom to end Hulkmania. I mean, is this the stiffest legal violence we've ever seen on WWE pay-per-view? I don't know. It was insane. Um, Despite Gunther being a nihilist who believes nothing, I believe that the Intercontinental Championship has now been elevated to levels henceforth unseen because who can stop the Gunt? You cannot stop me, Lebowski. I'm nihilist. I believe nothing. Yep, I'm beating it into the ground, folks. Uh, But this also goes to solidify that Sheamus is sort of a respectable legend. You know, he'll probably never get the icy title, and who really cares? It's fine. But 
you know, he's been around for so long and he's done so many unique things. And then you add this little on that and you add the Clash of the Cashel match. And it's like, you know what? Sheamus will be one of those guys that gets into the Hall of Fame someday. And you're like, oh, yeah, he did all that shit in an era where that shit didn't matter. But something like this is really the icing on the cake and goes to help him uh, be remembered. Drew McIntyre, who cares? I don't give a fuck about Drew McIntyre and his sword. I don't. He's the he's the least valuable of the three-man band combination, in my opinion. Where is a Heath Slater, and where is Jinder Mahal? That's what I want to know. Now, up next was the Raw Women's Championship. This match felt oh-so-cold based on the build-up. Would it feel oh-so-cold in the large Los Angeles arena? Well, the the entrances of our combatants seemed to warm up the Los Angelonians, which shouldn't have been difficult, because according to the camera work and the camera shots provided by WWE, it looked like it was really nice outside. But Asuka had multiple Asuka variants before revealing her creepy Asuka variant. And then, I'll give the devil his due, Bianca Belair with an all-time WrestleMania entrance. I believe the dance troupe was called the Divas of Compton and Good Lord, did they bring it. And this was, look, I'll stop the shtick. This was just cool to see. It was nice representation. And it's unfortunate that we still have to, uh, how do I say this with making it very clear? The only bummer about awesome representation is that it is awesome representation. It can't just be like the normal thing. But, oh, no, people still... I'm sure some fucker was on Twitter like, did we really have to get these little girls dancing? And it's like, well, don't you understand what's happening here, my man? My my Twitter dude? Don't you understand that this is speaking to a large members of the Vox Populi? And it's like, you know, people can't have nice things because dipshits break it. But this this was so cool. And I heard... And I don't want to tell tales out of school, and I don't want to be wrong, but I haven't watched all the Triple H media scrum yet. But the girl at the end who did the insane body manipulation dancing, I don't know if this is the girl they were speaking of, but it's my understanding that one of these girls' mothers just passed away. I think I read even the day of WrestleMania, maybe the day before. And they were still able to go out there and provide this spectacle-based entertainment. Put this girl in the WWE opening signature forevermore. I mean, seriously. I'm blown away by this. Ah, I don't even know what to say. Give her a medal. Give her something. Jesus Christ. But this was nice. This was, you know, I'm, I'm a little tired of Bianca Belair smiling baby face, but... After this entrance, I was kind of like, I looked at my son, I was like, oh, shit. I think I think Bianca has to win now because this is just too awesome. Like, this shit needs to continue. Um, so, yeah, all time. Uh, I, I will say this. Dominic might be the best, like, like, the most fun. Like, okay, the Dominic shit is just all-time hilarious. But this is all-time, like, make the highlight reel entrance. So, kudos to these gals. Now, the match started... And I felt like we turned cold again. And, and you know, the the Bianca and Asuka really tried. And they put on a pretty good match. You know, it's just, it was a cold, there was no story. You know, we were all just waiting to see who would get put over. 
And, uh, you know, I was a little deflated still when Asuka win, even though I felt that uh, Bianca's entrance go to show that we need more Bianca Belair, the WWE, uh, as the champ representing the division. Um, but I still was like, eh. And I don't know. With a better story, I think I would have felt a little bit differently. If the match pales in comparison to the women's match uh, from SmackDown the night before, which I did go back and rewatch, and it's an easy uh, all-timer. Uh, so, I don't know. It's... It's definitely the lesser of the two by a long shot, but by no means is it was it bad, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't want to take credit for this. I was scrolling through Twitter watching Mania, which is probably a bad idea, but somebody tweeted that uh, the, the, the state of the women's division now is so interesting because Bianca Belair feels like uh, post-WrestleMania 21 Cena, like that character, and Rhea Ripley kind of feels like post-WrestleMania 21 Batista. Like, they're both, you know, massively huge characters that will probably take the divisions forward for the, you know, the, the nearer and beyond future. But they're on separate paths. And someday, they're going to have to collide with their new stardom, and it will be glorious. And I concur! I can't wait to see that happen someday. Now, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of things I could not wait to see someday, The Miz and The Snoopster return to give us our attendance-based records. And The Miz, and I said this to my son, I was like, wait, shouldn't Miz be angry at Snoop for booking him in a Pat McAfee contest? Of course, we all know where this is going, but I'm still going to go through it beat by beat. Uh, Snoop tells The Miz that he has a new opponent for him this evening, basically. And wouldn't you know, like, I was thinking, like, yeah, L.A. Knight or something like that, because that's what I've been gaslighted to, gaslit to believe by internet wrestling superstar pundits. And no, it's okay. I kind of felt L.A. Knight needed, you know, I'm like, well, that's a guy that should probably be on the card. Like, it makes sense, even if I'm not a huge fan. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, here comes the money. Oh, my God. What up, Kingfish? Shane McMahon, oh yeah, looks like your dad had a master plan to get you downtown LA at SoFi Stadium. Oh man, what up Kingfish, I'm so happy to be here back in the WWE. Shane McMahon in a custom jersey returns. Shane McMahon walks down the aisle at a medium pace. (laughs) And Shane McMahon is blown up by the time he gets into the ring doing his dances. Now Shane... Shane grabs the microphone and like a guy who's been on an all-night bender or someone who's really, really high and desperately needs a drink to purge their cotton mouth status is like, yo, universe, I'm happy to be back. Like, he's... <laughs> and then the bell rings and about 10 to 15 seconds into this match, the Miz is Irish whipped. The Kingfish Shane McMahon does a leapfrog. The Miz approaches from the backside. The Kingfish does another leapfrog and lands. And in perhaps the greatest moment of unintended brand synergy in the history of our sport, Shane McMahon live on pay-per-view in front of millions, nay, billions, lands 
and tears his quad. Shades of my pops with the master plan to restart the Royal Rumble. Oh! Oh, pops! Oh! Oh, I tore my quad. Oh! Oh, it hurts. Oh, I can't wait. There's no way I'm going to get downtown. Oh, Kingfish, it hurts. Call Jacqueline, the baby with back. She'll make me feel a little bit better. Now, yes, Shane tears his quad. Just like Vince did at the Rumble. And then... The WWE camera crew doesn't want to shoot Shane McMahon groveling and in pain. And I get that, and, 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 you know, I hope Shane gets better. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm just presenting the entertainment side of it. I certainly don't wish Shane negativity, and, and this is too bad this happened, okay? I don't know what the plans for Shane were. I don't know if this was it, and I don't really care, because either way, it wasn't going to change anything. But... The, the camera shoots away from the corner of the ring. And, and I love I love the Mrs. Third Irish whip off the ropes that he kept running when Shane was down on his legs because it just showed how ludicrous it looks if someone doesn't whip you because you just keep whipping like it's a video game. But they're shoot, they refuse to shoot Shane McMahon on the ground getting medical attention. It's shades of uh, Oswald getting shot. Hey, Oswald! Boom! And then the camera's like, oh, we can't shoot a man on TV being shot. All it does is, all it does is make this situation more uncomfortable. Like, I don't want you to take advantage of Shane and be like, but, but this is really happening. You know, like, Shane's down, man. And of course... Snoop is upside in his own head because Snoop Doggy Dog, the Dog Pound, and the Fabulous Dramatics. Snoop Doggy Dog realizes, yo, what'd you do to my man? And Snoop Dog improvises a sports entertainment-based spectacle. Snoop takes down the Miz with a vicious right hand and then delivers his own version of the people's elbow, which is more like the people's torso, because a Snoop Doggy Dog throws his entire upper body onto the Miz and gets the three count in two minutes and 20 seconds. It's official. Snoop Dogg defeats the Miz at WrestleMania 39, and it's uh, confirmed by Wikipedia as an actual match. I mean, like, joke's done. Kudos to Snoop. The dude is a performer. He figured it out. And of course, Shane McMahon is like never mentioned. Like, it's just like, oh, no, this didn't happen. I mean, come on, man. Don't treat your... And this is the whole thing. This plays in to the rest of the night. Okay? You can't just pretend like it's not happening. Speaking of pretending like it didn't happen, ladies and gentlemen, the next next piece of reaction will probably be divisive. Also, I'd like to tell you, this next recap of a match of a WrestleMania nature is brought to you by The Pope's Exorcist. Coming to theaters everywhere, April 14th. Now, uh, the weekend that Scream 6 came out, don't worry, no spoilers for Scream 6, I-, I went and saw it in theaters, and I saw a trailer for this film, for The Pope's Exorcist, starring Jorel of Krypton, Russell Crowe, and I thought to myself, good lord, that movie looks awful. And here is, ladies and gentlemen, Academy Award winner Russell Crowe to let us know there will be purging demons in hell in a cell. And I was like, is this just something he did for regular movie marketing? But then Russell Crowe said the words, WrestleMania. And I'm like, oh my god. Not only has the Pope dispatched his exorcist to exorcise demons in a fictional nature, but he's brought him here to WrestleMania. Uh, Russell Crowe, you're my exorcist. I am the Pope, as you can tell, because I have a kingly regal voice. Now, 
Now, Pope's exorcist, Russell Crowe, uh, I have to tell you, I, I'm very excited that you were able to exorcise the demons uh, here in Sony Pictures' film, The Pope's Exorcist, but there are more demons that need to be exorcised. I've heard rumour pray tell that a demon will be appearing at SoFi Stadium at WrestleMania, and I need to send you to exorcise this demon. Well, I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm the Pope's exorcist. I've got other things I have to do. But I, I've selected an agent from the Pope's exorcism pool to exorcise the Finn Balor demon. His name is Edge. Edge! Is he licensed by the Pope to exorcise demons? I believe he is, sir. I've given him my, my, I've given him my, uh, you know, the, the, I read him his rights and everything. And, and, you know, I crossed my hands in front of him and I think he can do it. Oh, jolly good. Let's get some tea. My God, the Pope's exorcist. Edge makes his entrance, and according to his video wall, it's Brood Edge. Well, show! Don't tell! This is not Brood Edge! Where's... Oh, Nere. Oh, Nere. Wow. I mean, there's fire, and Edge does raise from underneath the platform. But this is not Brood Edge. Now... Brood Edge, I guess, does have a pretty sweet mask that I'm sure is from something I don't recognize. Oh, I'd wear it. I'd wear it for Halloween or something. It's pretty cool. I can't deny that. He takes it off off camera. Then uh, you think you know him. And Edge goes and does his entrance and humps the mat and rips at his hair and breathes like this. Because he's Edge. And it's time for the demon. To make his entrance. Fans, I am not a fan of the demon. I think it's nonsense in all the worst ways. And the demon Finn Balor doesn't really make any sense when you consider the Judgment Day Finn Balor, but that's fine. They're going to do it nonetheless. The demon's like unbeatable, so I guess, uh, you know, if you're going to pick a character, pick an unbeatable character. He emerges from the backstage area and the buffoonery begins as he does his... And then, hey, are they paying Radiohead for Paranoid Android? Because that's all the demon's entrance is. And I know that's been said before, and I'll continue to say it. Pay the Radiohead. They deserve the money. Now, the match begins, and Finn Balor has an insane amount of face paint and body paint. He's got, like, a huge mouth. But this is the first time I can remember seeing the demon with Finn Balor's man-sized beard. And he looks very fictional. Like an unfinished movie character, if you will. The match begins, and it's so bad, it's good! There's some moment where Edge gets, like, sandwiched at a table, and, the like, a portion of the table breaks and makes a little ice cream Edge sandwich and hits him in the face. <laughs> and then, in what was a pretty ingenious, interesting spot... Edge uh, imprisons the demon in a, in a kendo stick-based prison. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And ladies and gentlemen, it's at this moment that everything fell apart for me. Because the demon is in this kendo stick-based prison. You know, barricaded against the cage. And the demon starts to behave like a rabid dog. He's like... Argh, argh. And making these growling noises and biting and snapping like he's an animal. And then it hits me. Combined with the beard, the demon Finn Balor appears to be Jason Bateman from Teen Wolf 2. 
when they went more dog than wolf. And for the rest of the match, I'm just thinking that Finn Balor has morphed into the teen wolf. And I fucking love it. Then he gets free from his kendo-based prison and throws some vicious strikes. Big mistake about throwing these vicious strikes. The demon Finn Balor says, and I quote, Ya pow! Ya pow! Ya pow! Like he's in a goddamn video game! I don't understand the demon. The demon then takes a ladder to the skull, and oh boy, we've got blood. There will be blood, according to Paul Thomas Anderson and to a lesser extent Daniel Day-Lewis, but there will be blood here at WrestleMania. And then the camera does its little Shane McMahon, we can't show it, and the doctor comes down. Now look, I do not want to see someone bleed out. I don't, okay? But we just had Shane's live injury on TV with camera trickery like, oh, this isn't happening. Look away. This happens in the middle of a Hell in a Cell match, which is going to turn your audience because it's like, it's Hell in a Cell, there should be blood. Because the audience doesn't think of this thing as a, as like in reality. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, we don't. We're caught up in the moment. It's like, yes, they're bleeding. It's like it used to be. But it's like, no, that's not going to happen, especially on WrestleMania fucking weekend, Okay. When the eyes of the world are on us, we're not going to fucking become a county fair blood-based spectacle. But now the demon has to go get checked up by the doctor. The demon who was barking and growling and trying to eat Edge and yelling, Yapow! How do you confer with the demon to let him know he needs blood treatment? How can the demon understand your words? The demon is an animal. This couldn't have happened to a worse character. I'm sorry. Like, I look, all demon jokes aside, I'm willing to go with this. It's not a problem. You know, I mean, I like stupid shit. And I'm sure the demon has had great matches and moments. But the problem was that the demon was unwilling to break character. You know, like he's caught up in this prison. And he's like, he's teen wolfing, okay? And now, in the heat of battle... He's tasting his own blood, and the demon character has to go see the doctor. Uh, uh, but it's not the demon character that has to see the doctor. It's it's Finn Balor, the person, or Devitt. It's Prince Devitt that has to go see the doctor. Because Devitt needs the help. The demon's fine. And how, what kept the demon from attacking this doctor? Or biting the doctor? I'm just saying, it just it couldn't have happened to a worse character in a worse uh, set of circumstances. Unbelievable. And it's right after Shane. So now, the crowd is just like, God, this WrestleMania is fucking cursed. You know, they sat through the women's match of a tag nature that was, you know, botchy and underwhelming. Uh, The Gunther match was great, but that's all we've really had tonight. We've had double injury shenanigans, and it's the demon, and it's just really putting things in a sour fucking way. I just, yeah. And then, later in the match, once the blood is stopped, uh, the match is fine, but the, they set up a table, edges on it, and the demon goes to give him the coup de gras. The demon scales the cage, shades, again, of a rabid teen wolf, and wouldn't you know, the demon, someone in the WWE production vehicle, or the, 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 the construction department, built a little edge that the demon could stand on. Oh, it's so dumb. I mean, I don't want the de- I don't want Finn Balor to be unsafe. I don't. But he's standing on an edge or a ledge, jumping onto a man who's 
character's name Edge? And it just, the replays, like, it just exposed it so much. We're like, I don't, look, I get it. Just come up with a different idea. And and he almost blows out his own knee with the coup de gras. I mean, he didn't because he's a professional and he's safe. But it just, and Edge wins to top it all off. Defeating the Teen Wolf. The Teen Wolf doesn't lose. Okay. I saw Teen Wolf 2. He beat the, he boxed the shit out of that, out of all those boxers in that montage. He didn't lose. I think he even knocked one guy out of the ring. They wouldn't even let Chubby box because the Teen Wolf was taking care of business. All right. Let's take care of the last piece of business and you guys get back to your normal lives. The main event. Cody's entrance. Spectacular, but also normal. He's definitely channeling the babiest of faces variants of Sting from the NWA, and I'm here for it. Um, and when I say it's his normal entrance, I mean it's a WrestleMania version of his entrance, but it's not like, you know, there's not like 17 police cars and a fucking dance troupe and, you know, a, a bunch of... He doesn't ride down on a horse with a with a fucking scorpion tail, okay? He's just Cody Rhodes. Now, he goes to see his daughter in a beautiful moment, and I gotta admit, I was loving this, and he gives Luke Harper's son his belt, and I'm like, wow... And I said to my son, I said, they're a baby face in Cody like it's nobody's business. But it's but it's the right thing to do. I'm like, they are giving him, he's like the hero that's come to rescue us from Roman Reigns. I'm like, this is really great. Like, it's emotional and it's true. Dude, don't get me wrong. Like, Cody Rhodes didn't have to act when he's holding his daughter in front of 80,000 people. And he didn't have to act when he's giving uh, Luke Harper's son the belt. Like, that's real shit. I'm not saying he's acting. I'm just saying that he is positioned to be the man. And it's working. His daughter's name is Liberty, which is cute. But keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Roman Reigns has a piano fucking quartet play him down. And he gets a mega super villain entrance. He's with Solo and Paul Heyman. Oh, Solo, keep that in mind. And Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, is able to summon so much pyro. He's the most powered individual in WrestleMania history. I believe he summoned three arena-based pyro bursts, and I'm here for it. The match starts, and the match is good. Eventually, Solo Sokoa is ejected, and the match gets even better. And I'm on pins and needles. Not so much pins and needles because I doubt the outcome, but pins and needles because I wonder how we'll get there. And then the Usos show up! They hit the one and done, and the match gets even better. And then... Team Canada emerges to save Cody Rhodes, that being Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They beat the shit out of the Usos, toss him to the outside. Roman turns around dazed and confused and eats a stunner. And then Sami Zayn gets his hands on Roman and puts him in the corner. And fucking hell, the catharsis of this helluva kick. All the individuals in the SoFi Stadium felt this kick and were energized by it. It was a perfect way. Like, this was perfect. The Usos hit the one and done. They've cheated. Team Canada takes out the Usos, and then they hit a stunner and a halluva kick. So now it's all even. Even Stevens. I ate an illegal finisher, and then Roman eats illegal finisher. So we're back to square one, and the match can resume with everyone on an even playing field. And, and, you know, Sammy getting, and Kevin is important too, but Sammy specifically getting to be a part of what would eventually be Cody's crowning achievement by evening the playing field, making them a mega force super stable in the WWE. 
Uh, just goes all the more to making history and having this match be remembered in fond ways. The match gets even better. And in the closing moments, Roman Reigns goes for a Superman punch that is blocked by Cody Rhodes, who turns it into the flip-flop fly. It's an all-time spot in sports entertainment history. He hits the multiple crossroads. He goes for the third and final closing of the road. Solo Sokoa emerges and hits the Samoan spike. Spear on the... Oh my god! Roman Reigns retains. I know you all knew that before you came in here. Now, if, and this has been said. This is I'm, I'm sure someone has said this. Of all times to do a dusty finish. And if they had done a dusty finish where Roman retains but someone restarts it, it would have been so poetic and perfect. I would have been okay with that too. And you know what? The chief, though, the, Samoan, the tribal chief of a Samoan nature retains. There is no dusty finish. It is the ballsiest thing I've ever seen. Literally any of the three outcomes, like, first of all, I had no doubt in my mind that Cody Rhodes was winning this thing, so I'm impressed. This impresses the hell out of me. Uh, if they had done a dusty finish, I think it would have been perfectly awesome and sort of, like, poetic and cool, so I would have been cool with that. And I'm actually okay with this finish, too. But it leads to one big question. Where do we go from here? Well... I have two actual thoughts, and they're both meant to be jokey and sort of ridiculous, but hear me out. So, the two path, we, there's two clear paths in front of me. One is to set up Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania 40. And I feel like they gave us all sorts of little hints that this was a direction in the entrances. Like Roman, the bloodline has been wounded. The Usos were nowhere to be found in this broadcast. And and Roman comes out with Paul, the wise man, which he's always going to have. But he also comes out with Solo, which tells us that we need to eliminate Solo in order to make this an even playing field because we eliminated the Usos, sort of. And even though we had an answer for the Usos later on. Now, this is a big step. But Cody Rhodes' daughter's name is Liberty. The Liberty Bell, the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, the host of WrestleMania. Okay, that's a stretch, but hear me out. I do think if you want to tell the story of Cody getting another shot at 40, you can. But this time, I mean, if you really think about it, Cody Rhodes was sort of like the character, like in storylines, was sort of handed the golden opportunity. He was injured. He returned at the Royal Rumble. He didn't have to qualify for the Royal Rumble or anything like that. He was given a spot, and then he got number 30 and beat the man who'd been there since the beginning, Gunther, who was one or two. I can't remember. They're the same. It doesn't matter. So even though, but, but Cody Rhodes basically stole victory from this man who went through hell. Cody Rhodes' road to WrestleMania was paved in gold. Now he needs to get there on a road paved with hell and fire and brimstone and gay. No, but just, you know, he needs to fucking qualify. Like, he needs to go through hell and fight the bloodline and then, on a whim, qualify for the Rumble and then maybe enter it like number four and win. That way you actually win the Royal Rumble by having it mean something. Winning the Rumble at 30 is so fucking stupid. I can't say You should never have a baby face do it. If you have a mega heel do it, that's fine. 
And this time, Cody Rhodes has to really earn it because he was handed the road to WrestleMania. And that's why he failed, because it was storybook. He believed in the storybook nature of it now. And his WrestleMania 40 entrance? No coat, no nothing, no belt, just him and his tights. Let's go. Maybe with fucking barbed wire attached to his wrist. All right, that's a little extreme. But, like, have him go through hell. Have him realize that stories, book endings aren't real. You have to actually do it yourself. I don't know. It could work. Uh, story path number two. Wow, it's really simple. We set up for the ultimate challenge too. Champion versus champion. Titles for title. When Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, takes on the Nihilist Lebowski Gunther in Intercontinental Universal Championship match. Because Gunther fucking rules. And a heel versus heel ultimate challenge would be amazing. And I'm about to choke on my words. But it's okay. I'm better now. I coughed off camera. But that's it. That's what I've got for all of you. That's my recap of night two. Ballsy move. Ballsy move having Roman retain. And uh, I'm kind of excited to see where it goes from here, to be honest with you. And you know what? And I say this knowing that I'm just some random fucking fat guy. Okay, I'm nobody. But once it was all over, and my sort of and I've sort of been deflated and like, oh, the good guy didn't win, and and I really started to think about it. And you know, now that the Endeavor sale is happening, it's Monday, and it's it's been announced, it's happening, and and all that, and that's fine. And well, that's a whole other podcast I can't even fucking fathom getting into right now. But I mean. What do you guys think would have happened if Cody Rhodes won? Where do we go next? You really want to watch babyface Cody Rhodes come out every fucking week and cut promos about, I don't know, being a fighting champion and about how he earned it. And and he did earn it. Like, like I, I got no disrespect towards Cody Rhodes, but... Remember, once Cody Rhodes wins at WrestleMania 39, that character becomes... The champion. That character becomes the focal point. You really want to go back to just a bland vanilla baby face? Or you want to keep riding this bloodline shit? This unfathomable storyline that seems impossible in the modern era and see where it goes? Fuck! I'm here for it. I'm here for the ride. Let's do something different. And look, I'm not... Hey, I didn't think this was possible. I didn't even think it sounded like a good idea. But now that we're here, and I've thought about it, Let's rock and roll. Let's keep going and see what happens. And, you know, Cody will someday probably be the champ. And that's cool and that's awesome and it should happen. But, and I don't want it to happen at, like, Backlash or something. You know, it needs to happen at a big platform. Now that Roman has successfully defeated this challenge, uh, if he doesn't get to Mania 40, then, we've then you know, that's a big mistake. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's an unbelievable ride we're on, man. It's an unbelievable time uh, in so many ways. Uh, the future of the product and the brand management is, you know, it's there's going to be a paradigm shift, shades of Final Fantasy 13, And uh, our characters are in uncharted territory of a modern time. And you know what? Sounds like that's best for business, in my opinion, believe it or not. But that's going to wrap up our coverage of WrestleMania 39. I think it's a WrestleMania that's going to go down in history as producing maybe the single greatest number of five-star matches or what have you. Um, But ultimately probably won't be in the discussion of the top 
you know, it's probably still going to be like 17, 19, and probably one of the other modern ones fighting out for the top, but I don't know. This one was pretty good. And the fucking Hell in a Cell match, which you would think would bring it down, and the Shane McMahon nonsense you would think would bring it down, it just elevates it for me, man. I can't Someday, I'm going to sit down and watch these shows again, which is not something I do with modern WrestleMania. So I can't wait to watch the Hell in a Cell again and just laugh and point. I can't wait to do it. But, uh, you know, make sure you subscribe to the new TNN podcast feed so you get notified whenever new content drops. And what a ride, ladies and gentlemen. I guess uh, we'll see what happens at WrestleMania XL, WrestleMania Bell, WrestleMania Liberty. WrestleMania Endeavor. Who really knows? I'm Johnny C. The winner. You.